against the societal programming for a fat, unhappy, and broke population. Our mission is to make you the boss of your mind to free you from that very societal programming. I am one of your co-hosts, Gabe Plugez. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I'm your other co-host, Jack Bly. And today, we have a man who's experienced many hardships at a very young age. Uh, He served our great country, and he's now set his sights on a mission to better all men. He is truly a man of men. Welcome, Zach Small. How are you doing, my man? Doing well. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. So the first thing that I'm super curious about, and we're super excited to have you on here, uh, is I know you face, you know, a lot of hardships early on in life, uh, such as, you know, the death of your mother at just six years old. So could you kind of share this with us and kind of what you experienced and how that impacted maybe who you are today? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's wild when you look back on the past, you know, when you're living it, you don't realize kind of how big it is or how big of an impact it's going to have. You know, you look back at your youth, it's kind of, you're just living, you're kind of just doing your thing. And, you know, to bring it all the way back to that, you know, my mom, she committed suicide two weeks after I turned six. And I was just like, oh shit. (laughs) Okay. I remember waking up and there was like, please save me, whatever. I walked over, I saw my dad, he was holding my brother and sister who are twins and they were just babies. So he went from a married man with three kids to single you know, wife's bodies, like, dude, it's absolute disaster of a starting point for anybody's life. You know, so my dad went through that as well. You know, can you imagine having a wife and then her taking her life? Like, holy crap. (laughs) So I, I, I think about him more now in the moment when I think about this than I do myself, you know, in that moment, I was just a kid. I had no clue what was happening. My, my, my uh, brother and sister, they're three years younger. I was six. That means they were three. So they had no clue. They're three years old. And my dad was young, I want to say maybe 30s, you know, whatever. I don't know how old he was, but a young adult man with a family. And all of a sudden he was single with three kids trying to figure it out. And it's obvious that impacts you somehow. But how that impacted me, I really don't know. You know, just as and as we go through the podcast and the kind of the story, you know, it's little things happened. You know, I remember, well, that we had to move in with my grandmother. So I'm raised by this World War II through the Great Depression woman you know, and my grandfather, well, he passed away. So in my life, there was death. There's a lot of death early on. And it's sort of like, hey, it's, it is what it is. You know, and I think that shaped me to a degree to just, I back then had a victim mentality. I was like, oh, I'm a stupid kid because my mom, I'm a bat, you know, people should love me because of all the pain I've been through. And it turned me into a weak individual. I was using that as like a crutch. Anytime I failed, it's like, oh, well, I, I didn't have a mom. So you can't get mad at me. Or when I was with girls, I was looking for a mother in my girlfriends. I was never looking for a relationship. I never understood how to be a man, how to have a woman, you know, how to build my fire up and maintain that. I'd have a girlfriend. I'm like, oh, like she's my whole world. Cause I'm like, I, yeah. I just wanted the mother's love, you know, I didn't have that. So that, I mean, it definitely shaped a lot of the things I did, but without going on too long of a tangent, you know, I looking back, you know, we could all find a lot of things and justifiers as to why we can't achieve things. But since I've been looking back, you know, and kind of shifted my mindset, her passing it was her demons to deal with, you know, and that's not something that I want to carry on as a fuel or an anchor for myself. I'm just going to go out and crush it on my own. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, obviously, there's a major impact that that had on your life, um, but kind of taking the perspective of regardless of what was going on at the time and all the obvious negative implications that it could have on, on your father, on your, on your own behavior. Um, you kind of took the ropes for yourself. Um, so where I'm curious is you talk a lot about how you got into the habit of struggling with alcoholism. Um, so how did you go from growing up with that, you know, victim mentality, kind of blaming your past pains and situations to ending up finding yourself at rock bottom. So you guys are a lot of fun. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's just rip the bandaid off. Let's go right. Yeah. At it. So it, it was very separate. So don't, don't think like, Oh, okay. because my mom happened, like now I'm going to turn to booze to numb it. That was yeah. a totally separate issue. You know, that was me. I had issues with girls, issues with self-esteem, but I like on the football team, I would crush it. I had great mm-hmm. friends. I was a great football player. I gave everything to it. I loved it. You know, with those guys, I was, pure man you know i, I enjoyed yeah, the yeah. camaraderie i love that but at an early age i want to say you know nine ten years old i saw adults drinking 
They would drink when they were happy. They would drink when they were sad. They would drink anytime family came together. And in my head, drinking makes everything better. Drinking yeah. makes you happy. Drinking makes you good. If you're sad, you should drink. You feel better. If you're happy, you should drink more to feel happier. You know, yeah. and that was the imprint. And I started drinking. The fun thing, and this, I'm not the scientist on this, but from what I've read, certain people are a little more inclined to getting hooked on things. You know, and sure. I think, you know, with my mom, the way that she went out, the issues she had, that's in my blood. I, I think about this for my kids too, but that's a totally separate story. But it's somewhere in the blood. I also believe that sometimes your first addiction, I think, is your hardest. So a lot of guys are addicted to porn because they didn't, they skipped the booze, they skipped the drugs, but they found porn online as a, a young teen. And that's the first thing their brain hooked onto. Some people were popping pills from their parents. For me, it was alcohol. That's the first thing I ever grabbed. I was like, oh, this is cool. And my brain was like, yeah, it is. So I went from sneaking them at parties to just chugging them because I thought, oh, getting drunk made you cool. It made you yeah. happy. So I'm again, this is this is like an 11 year old kid. My son's 11. If I saw him doing this, I'd be like, what? But that was me. Yeah. And, you know, I would sneak it. It's not like my parents are bad, but they were just doing their thing. I was doing mine, you know, and I kind of stuck away. I turned alcohol into this fantastic drug of choice for myself that I thought would boost my confidence and I'd be more funny and I'd be more confident. And I'd be just better and cool. And it turned into literally a two decade long battle of blackouts. And dude, the things I've done that I should not have gotten away with be it, you know, driving when I shouldn't have, you know, yeah. in public getting into a fight, but I just happened to be the dude who didn't get arrested. Everybody else did like, yeah. I've walked that razor's edge so many times that to go on like the little faith train for a moment, I think, you know, if we're going to go religious here, my mom killed herself. Can't get into heaven. I'm like, maybe she's like stuck having to watch me like that guardian angel because I yeah. have literally gambled my whole everything so many times, but I've always come out on the right, never gotten caught ever. And I'm talking like, and I'm not bragging, but it's a stupid yeah. amount of times I did stupid things. I got away with it, you know, and to the point now I'm 230 something days sober today. And it's, Dude, it was a shitty journey. <laughs> like I get nauseous when I think about how long it took me to get here, but I did get here. Right. Yeah, it's really, it's not about the journey. It's about the destination, you know, that old quote. Um, but I'm curious, was there, were there any maybe defining moments during this journey that kind of changed the mindset for you? Like you were talking about, you had that victim mentality growing up. Was there a point in your life where things started to turn around and you started to open your eyes to, you know what, maybe I need to take ownership, take responsibility for what's going on and really change this and take back the, the control. Were there any moments like that for you? That's an excellent question. And absolutely. So with that, when I joined the Navy, that is single-handedly the greatest decision I ever made in my life. You know, I, I spent five years in high school. I stayed back. I still almost didn't graduate. I graduated with like a 0 0.02 GPA. I, like 315 out of like 317 students. And there were like 10 that had special needs. So yeah. I was like literally the worst of the worst students, but I made it through. I joined the Navy and something just clicked. You know, I, I want to say it was on the bus ride right before you got off and they just lost their minds on you. Yeah. I, I was sitting there. I was like, nobody here knows me. Nobody here. I'm not dumb Zach. I'm not, you know, this, this kid who lost his mom, you know, like I'm not all the things that I had called myself. I was like, what if I try it different? Nobody knows who I, I can reinvent who I am right in this moment. And mm -hmm. I got off that bus dude, and I did, I, I crushed it. I just was the kid like, I mean, it's boot camp. It's not that hard, but at the same time for somebody with my mindset of always being a slacker yeah. to going as hard as I could, I never went back from that. The man, you know, now, like the man, you, you, the work you've come across that all started on that literal first moment of getting off that bus, my whole mindset on who I was changed. And it, I never went back. I never will. Yeah. That's insane. Um, that story, it, it hits so close to home for me um, because my brother, um, he is, my older brother is 23 years old and he's in the Coast Guard. And I remember when he went to boot camp, um, it was right after my parents had basically kicked him out of the house um, for, you know, spending a year of his life, skipping school, running around with girls and basically, you know, straight flunking himself out of high school. And I didn't look up to him at the time. Um, he was kind of in that same victim mindset, lazy mindset, um, you know, being completely obsessed and enthralled with who the girl was at the time. Um, and I remember when I first saw him after boot camp, 
he was completely different. Like nothing in the outside world changed for him, but it seemed like he went through some things that just flipped that switch. So my curiosity for you is, uh, I've never had, I've never asked him this question, but was there any major lesson that you learned in boot camp that you still apply today to the ventures that you're going on right now? Dude, that, that is the best question, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> everything stems from that. In, in that moment, I realized you can reinvent yourself. Yeah. That was the, the main lesson. I was like, I don't have to be the person I told myself I was. And this, I've shared the quote a thousand times, but that was the very first time I realized that who I was did not dictate who I could become. And that little, that little shift in perspective changed everything about my life. And that is ultimately what turned into 31 Days to Masculinity, Men of March, uh, Fraternity of Excellence, the Family Alpha. Everything is based off that route that if you just apply some things to your life, you can change the entire trajectory of who you are and where it is you're going. You can almost literally change your entire identity if you just flip that switch, like you said. If you just, like for me, some of those wires weren't going the right way. I was sending energy everywhere. But once I learned how to control that energy and send it in one direction, I realized there is literally nothing I cannot do. I, like I said, I went from almost dropping out after five years in high school. I got my bachelor's. I got my master's. I have multiple certifications. All these top of my class. How does that happen? I changed my perspective. I stopped telling myself I was stupid. I told myself I was smart and motivated. And guess what? Magic happened. <laughs> I became motivated. I became more intelligent. I learned how to apply. I learned how to study properly. You know, but all of it, I had to give myself permission to do that. And, and likely for your brother, he had to just see it differently. And then it all just came, you know, to fruition. Man, that's incredible. I'm, I'm pumped up just hearing you talk right now, because I, I know I've experienced this myself and maybe someone listening has experienced the same thing that you can truly reinvent yourself at any point in time. And I, I'm curious about this one thing. So you say you get on the bus and then you make that snap decision to change who you are basically to rewire, you know, Zach small. Uh, I'm curious, was there ever a point where maybe you came back uh, home to your family or old friends and you were this brand new man and they just didn't know how to react? Was there a moment like that for you? Yeah. I don't have any friends from high school, really. <laughs> you yeah. know, like I, like we're friends on Facebook, but the people I hang out with, there are people I've met online, you know, technology has removed the requirement of proximity for relationships. You know, I'm talking to you right now. I'd rather go hang out with you two and we could talk some like real things of growth and where we're going to go mindset, body, you know, business. There are a lot of people that are, are just stuck where they were. And when I come back at that level, you catch a lot of shit. Oh, you know, I remember who you used to be, bro. Yeah. That doesn't mean you know who I am though. I don't live in high school. I live where I am and where I'm going. And it's, they try to use that somewhat against you. Oh, you're the dude. There's nothing you can do to change their reputation or your reputation in their eyes. They decided who you were. You know, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's friends, you know, whoever it is, a teacher, they'll never see the new you. They'll always go back to that because that's where they're comfortable with you. But that doesn't matter. You don't need their permission to win. You just keep doing your right. thing and have a good, don't get mad at them. Don't even hold a grudge. If yeah. they see me like, oh, you're, you're Zach. Like, yeah, dude, like, what's up? It's cool. <laughs> I'm going to go back to doing what I'm doing, but it's cool to see you, you know? <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, I, I love when people kind of bring their experiences um, that play into kind of that identity. We've been talking about identity a lot. You have that own mindset shift. You're talking about how outside influences don't have uh, to define who you are because they have a different idea of who you are. You're talking about how what you've gone through doesn't have to define who you are. Um, and this is something that might be a little bit specific towards um, your ability, your struggle with alcoholism and how you overcame that. But something that I've been thinking about recently, um, specific to the struggle of alcoholism has been the consistency principle where there's been this point reiterated time and time again with so many people we've talked to Tyler, Todd, Joey from Cypreneur, Dan Co, where they make the point that your self-image often aligns with your actions. And I've been thinking about how that classic line that you hear in the movies, and I've never gone through this myself, so this is from an outsider's perspective, um, where you know, you're all sitting around in a circle um, in like an AA meeting, and I'm not sure if you were ever actually in the program or whatnot, but you, this is a classic line of, hey, 
I'm Gabe and I'm an alcoholic. They kind of have to brutally admit that. So I wanted to get your take on how you balance brutally kind of admitting your flaws, but also not letting those flaws define you and define your actions. No, absolutely. So I, I did go to one AA meeting and it yeah. was, it was like years ago, you know, it wasn't even this stint, you know, I've, I've been trying to get rid of this for a while, but yeah. I went to the meeting. I kind of went in, you know, threw my hood on, sat in the back and it was, it was sad. You know, I saw these people and a lot of them were like, hey, I'm back. You know, I relapsed. I came back. And then mm -hmm. every now and then it was somebody who's like, you know, I'm, I'm four years today or whatever. You're like, that's awesome. But I was just looking around the room and even the ones that were proud, it's like where there was no fire. Yeah. I'm like, you guys like, like I, it sort of felt like I was seeing people who are still ashamed, even though they had four years sobriety. It's like, they're sad. They're an alcoholic. I don't take that term. You know, like yeah. if there were a, a term, yeah, I'm an alcoholic, but I'm like, fuck that. Like alcohol is an addictive drug. I'm a dude who got hooked on a hooked, like an addictive drug. If I tried yeah. heroin, I'd probably get addicted to that too. It's addictive. You know, these are addictive things. I'm a human yeah. being. My body is designed to be hooked on things that hook you. So my, my issue is I'm more frustrated with alcohol than myself. But to your point on, you know, your, your flaws, I share my flaws in a way. And I was talking to Jack on, on the last podcast, you know, I call it the eight mile approach. If you've yeah. ever seen Eight Mile, Eminem at the last rap scene, he's he's he says everything that's wrong with him to the other dude, and then he just like drops the mic. Yeah. That's sort of my approach. I tell you every like I'm five foot eight, you know I'm I'm like I drive an F one fifty. I'm not driving like an F three fifty. I'm not freaking like foot. I share who I am. That way I have nothing to hide. But my mm -hmm. my flaws those become my features. When I shared, yeah. oh man, like I'm I'm hooked on booze. Like I got to drop this. I'm sober now. People yeah. are like, oh, you're an alcoholic. I'm like, no, fuck you. I'm somebody who's stronger than alcohol. And I apologize for swearing on your podcast. No, it's cool, man. That's what immediately, like when people try to bring you down, it's more of a reason to push harder. And I yeah. think that is one of the hardest things. You know, yeah, I failed here, but I share that with you so you can take it and you can win. Like see yeah. where I failed so you can succeed. Let me show you all my failures to where not only do you see, hey, here's a dude who's like me so you can relate more to my content. And therefore, you're more likely to support it because you know I'm legit. But also, hey, here's some tips as to how I cannot do that. You yeah. know, if the stories I've received from people who are now sober or looking to get sober, you know, that motivates me beyond anybody who could talk shit and say, oh, you're an alcoholic or, oh, you, you should be able to moderate. You're not a man. I'm like, bro, my life is so good that if, if yeah. not moderating alcohol is what makes me not a man, like you can take the card. Like, yeah. I'm still going to go out and crush it. So my flaws are our fuel for greater growth. And they're also features to, you know, sort of ways I can help others because mm -hmm. anybody painting that perfect picture is a fucking liar. Like nobody's perfect. Not you guys, not me, right. nobody. And when you can show those flaws, you don't have to keep that facade up. You don't have to wear any makeup, like a clown, always smiling. Like, no, you have bad days. You're a human being. And we need to stop amplifying who we are and stop playing these caricatures online of perfection. We're not perfect. We're men, we're going through it, we're working on ourselves and we're swapping notes in the process, but we're not perfect. Yeah, that is amazingly said. I'm sure people are resonating with this right now because I used to be someone who was always trying to be perfect, perfect. I had to do everything right, 100% right. If it wasn't right, I would have to keep on working on it. And I think this goes back to what we were talking about on your show the other day is that you know everyone experiences this pain, but the thing about pain is it doesn't have to push us farther down you know, the rabbit hole of bad habits, it can be used in a productive manner. Um, so I really, I want to get to, you know, the real fun stuff that you have going on today, the new Zach Small of today. So I know you're the co-founder of uh, the Fraternity of Excellence. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what this is and why you decided to create that? Absolutely. So when I left the military, I, I lost the brotherhood, you know, I lost the mission and everybody talks about it. It's a real thing. You know, if you're on a sports team and you graduate college, you don't go pro, like, well, you had all those practices, you had all those dudes, you all had the same jersey, and now you're kind of by yourself at the supermarket. Like, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, who am I? You know, what am I without my brothers? And when I got out, I had that same issue, you know, and again, this is, it's not fun, but this flaw, I guess, turns into a feature. Instead of shutting down, you know, I was like, I, I need a mission. I still have a mission. I'm still motivated. I've got gas in the tank, you know, I'm still capable how can I build what I don't see other men having, you know, and that's when I formed 
uh, 31 Days to Masculinity. So that's a 31 day program. And we ran it in March. So that was the first men of March, 2017. We ran it again in December. In that one, we had like 220 dudes together, crushing it. It was wild. And towards the end, uh, Craig James and I were like, we can, we can build this. We can make this work year round. And that's how it became, you know, the fraternity of excellence. We took those dudes like, hey, we're opening our doors. It's a membership community. Men are coming together. We're going to focus on staying, you know, true to the path that we're on, keeping one another accountable. And it, it scratched that itch that I had in my soul for having a mission, but with men. Like, I'm a tribal animal. I'm not a Sigma. Yeah. I'm, I'm a dude who works in a pack. Like, I'm a team player. And I found my team. I built my team. Yeah, that's awesome. So you kind of went from this place of kind of having that like, almost identity crisis of what, what do I do now? Um, I've been crushing it in this one area, but you ended up creating that team. You ended up creating that community of guys that ended up not only being a, a way for you to continue building yourself, continue growing yourself, but um, also serve other men. And, you know, like you said, swapping notes while you're all on this journey. Um, I think that's awesome. So what are this, what are some of the things that you guys work on in the fraternity of excellence that most men in this day and age are missing out on, even if they're not aware of it. So the number one thing is accountability. The one thing that we deliver that the world does not deliver is we skip your feelings, we skip the fluff, and we just talk directly to the issues you have. Yeah. If somebody comes in and after a week, two weeks, they're still saying, oh, you know, my finances are what are you doing, dude? What are you spending your money on? Well, uh, yeah. no, show me right now. Show me. All right. They'll have to print it out. You bought freaking how many movies from Redbox? You bought how many fucking snacks? Like, guy, the reason your money's not growing is because you're, you're like, you got so many holes in your boat. We got to patch it up. And, you know, sometimes they're like, whoa, that's a little, a little aggressive. But most <laughs> of them, they'll back up a little. But then they're like, well, thank you. You know, thank you for saying the thing that nobody else would say to me. Like, everybody's so afraid of hurting feelings, you know, and if you're struggling with something, the last thing you need is somebody to allow you to keep driving to a brick wall. Like somebody needs to grab the wheel and you might get pissed off, but it's like, Hey, take a left dude. Like don't keep doing what you're doing. And you got to strip your ego to do that. You have to remove, you know, uh, your pride to accept that, that maybe you're failing as a husband, as a father. You know, we talk a lot about um, like how to relate to your kids, you know, the, the, the need or the lack of a need to spank, or yell or get frustrated, or, you know, you shouldn't be on eggshells with your wife. You know, we have a lot of discussions on all aspects of what it is to be a man. Starting businesses, trying, you know, a lot of people are trying to do the personal brand thing. I've had to have the conversation a thousand times, like you need to be a person and develop your personality before you ever create a brand. And there are a lot of guys who are putting the cart before the horse. And yeah. they, again, that's frustrating. They don't want to hear that. But in FOE, that is our sole focus to tell you the truth, to arm you to go out and win. Because if an FOE man does successfully go out and build that business, fix his family, fix his relationship, you know, learn how to lead other men. Well, that's sort of a product of FOE. And I want men who are great products. I want men who are great examples of what that brotherhood can do. That's amazing. I think with this, you know, fraternity of excellence, you might have, you might be fixing one of the major crises that we have going on right now. And that's the lack of accountability. And this is just, you know, maybe our society as a whole. No one wants to tell you the hard truth. Everyone wants to just sugarcoat things and, you know, put a smile on your face, but it doesn't benefit you in the long run. And, you know, we know this. So like you could bring up any example, like you said, with finances or with fitness, for example, if you're someone who's in really bad health, out of shape, and your friends around you are supporting that behavior, they're not having an honest conversation with you. Like, hey, man, what's going on here? Are you struggling with this? Like, are, is this not a priority for you right now? Then, you know, they're going to continue on that bad path because there's no accountability from their friends, from their family. Everyone just wants to put a smile on their face in this moment, but not five years from now, not 10 years from now, not 15 years from now. And I think that's a major crisis that we have going on. Well, I would say too, to your brand, you know, you're talking about mindset. You know, you talk about all, all the, the plagues of society. I'm 100% on board with what you're saying. But if you think that, oh, well, we'll just start this podcast and it's just going to go and catch and fly. You're like, oh, shit. Like, that's not how it works. Like, it takes reps. And like you guys are saying, having guests on, constantly improving audio, constantly improving video, constantly improving the guests, constantly improving how you ask questions. I get it because I do the same thing, you know, and 
if you didn't have each other or if you didn't have a friend that could say, hey, suck it up, keep working. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, we didn't get the views we wanted. We didn't get as many listens or downloads as we wanted. Okay, let's do better then. Let's make a better description, better SEO, better titles, better images. You know, you need friends that won't sit there and be like, oh, well, it's the world's fault. No, yeah. it's not the world, it's your <laughs> fault. But here, but it's that the intention there is with love. The intention there is for you to do better. So I would also say, you know, to your point on mindset and the angle you guys are taking, there's a mindset, there's like, you're allowed to just quit so easily by people. And I'm like, no, I'm not letting my friends quit. Like, absolutely not. Push harder, keep going. And every now and then, myself included, I'm like, God, yo, this is so much. But then I've got my friends, my inner circle, and they're like, nah, you're good. You're just getting started. I'm like, oh yeah, all right, let's go. Yeah. And I'll, you just need that little moment, you know, to, to breathe and then somebody kick your butt back in gear and then you crush it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That That's awesome. Um, it, it's all a matter of, of controlling those inputs. And when you're kind of in the world and everything that's going on in 2020 or 2021, it's so easy to quit. Everyone is either going to accept you giving up or it, it even seems like there's a point where people are encouraged encouraging mediocrity and like shitting on the top 1% when if you had never watched the news, you had never heard from social media or negative peer groups, you would probably think that being in the top 1% of any area of your life would be amazing. Yet the mainstream is bastardizing that and and demonizing it. Um, One of the lessons that I think you talk about a lot that can help a lot of men get into the right mindset who may not be there yet, um, is the lesson that you talk about that is stop caring about everything. You know, it kind of sounds easy for us to talk about since we're kind of already in the game and already swapping notes. But what about that guy who is caught up in all the bullshit that's going on and all the mediocrity that's being accepted? How and why should he, quote unquote, stop caring about everything? And how does he go about doing that so he can actually focus on what matters? Is that it's an excellent question, but the, the answer is almost trite. You know, when you're busy, you don't have time to care about everything. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and that at the end of the day, you're not busy enough and you're not trying hard enough. If you can care about Trump's impeachment and this thing on the news and that country's bans and that person's sanctions and what's happening at the Olympics and are we doing transgender this and look at the bubbles over there. There is so many things that if you're looking at all that, you're not doing any of this. You're not doing anything of what's right in front of you. You're not going to the gym enough. You're not speaking with your family enough. You're not going outside and walking into nature enough. You're not doing the things that actually matter. If you want to be a better man, stop worrying about the, the global matters and fix your home. You know, don't let the, 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 the darkness of the world prevent you from seeing the light in your backyard. You have a nice thing. You could build a nice thing, but you're choosing not to. Now with that comes the obvious, you know, be aware of what's happening. Like I'm aware somewhat of what's happening at the political level, but I've got friends like who are literally frontline political journalists. If yeah. shit's popping off, they're going to message me. And I'm like, all right, I got to pay attention. Until yeah. then, I don't give a shit. I'm so busy doing what I'm doing and leading my family. I was out with my family earlier today, came back, jumping in on here. I'll jump back out there and do something with them. I don't have time to sit and scroll Facebook. Like Facebook is a tool for me to make money and for me to connect with people. That's mm-hmm. it. If you're not entertaining me, if you're not educating me, or if you're not somebody that I'm going to be working with, I literally have no space for you. There's nothing up here I can give to you because I've got things to do. I've got a son to raise, a daughter to raise, a wife to lead and live with. You know, I don't have time. Like, I don't care about 99% of the shit that's out there. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that point. And I think the only counter that you might hear somebody say is, well, this issue may be really important to me because it may affect me directly or it may affect my mom directly. So I have to be caught up in it. I have to be posting my black square on Instagram. I have to be in the front lines. Um, But what they don't realize is that the solution to that issue isn't yelling and screaming like everybody else. It's actually taking care of yourself and the things you can control. And so many people are caught up in the collective of how loud they can scream or complain in many of these cases that they forget that the solution lies with fixing themselves first. Well, it's, it's straight slacktivism. It's just the yeah. laziest. You are a slacker. If you think yelling and changing a profile photo, if you want to fight yeah. against, you know, government overreach or police brutality or what the fuck ever is going on, go out and put yourself out there and put money on the line. When yeah. COVID first hit, I was like, COVID's bullshit. 
but they laid off a bunch of people. I ran two campaigns for the, this uh, Sasquatch flag co. They make the American flag behind me. We raised yeah. like $4,000 for two families because they were laid off. I didn't care about COVID, but I did care about the men losing their jobs. If you yeah. care about everything, you're not helping anything. You mm -hmm. just, you have nothing to give them because you're so mad about all these things. You're split too thin. But now if you tell me, you know, yes, we're going to authorize teachers beating kids or we're going to have these things in my community. Fuck yeah. You're going to see my timeline blow up because it is so personal to me and my yeah. message. But I've already proven th these are the things I talk about regardless. So it's not like I'm jumping on this randomly. Like, no, I right. care about families. I care about children. I care about, you know, uh, tighter families and men developing their authentic selves. So that's not only on brand, but we're human beings. We do care about certain things. I care about those things. That'll get me more wild up than crypto going up or down, which is cool, but that's not my jam. Yeah, that's that's an incredible point. I think one thing that people listening right now might be wondering is, you know, maybe what is some practical advice that they can take on right now to cut out all the noise and really focus on them, their family, and their mission? You know, how do they get to that state when there it seems like there's so many distractions in this world? When you look at, you know, dialing your life in, everybody thinks they have to add things. What more can I do? What should I do? Zach, where should I go? Fuck. Stop <laughs> doing things. Go back. Yeah. You know, go the other way. You're doing too much. You know, instead of trying to watch all the shows, give yourself two nights a week where the TV doesn't go on. You know, give yourself that time of just no TV, no phone. Go grab a book. Go sit and play board games with your kids if you're a family man. If you're not a family man, get yourself outside start walking more. It sounds ridiculous. Every time I say it, I'm like, I'm an idiot, <laughs> Like, but it's yeah. so true. You need to get away from things. And all of a sudden, and this is, there's multiple layers of events here. All of a sudden you'll start hearing that voice in your head. You know, when you're away from the distractions, you're away from the static, you find that signal. And all of a sudden you realize, shit, I've been worrying about this summer. I've been really wanting to get my physique locked in and I haven't been working out at all. But you've been so busy worrying about the news and, and worrying about, you know, growing your followers or what the frig ever that you were like, shit, I put all that ahead of going to the gym and I really want to look good this summer. Well, when you're out there walking, you can hear that. You're like, all right, I need to make that a priority. You'll find out what's important to you when you allow yourself to hear yourself. You know, and yeah. I think a lot of people, you, if they're sitting there like, well, where should I start? Dude, you got to start with you. I mean, you're an individual. For me, obviously, that means you should lock in your mind, your body, your spirit. Those are the easy three. You know, what's bothering you? Why? Is it debt? Are you, are you worried about making more money? Where can you stop spending money instead of making more? Is it your relationship? How can you start relating to your wife? Get her to stop scrolling on her phone. Get yourself to stop sitting there and, you know, snacking and watching Netflix. Start talking to each other. That's how you hooked up in the first place. You were attracted to one another. You went on dates. You had these fun jokes together. You know, people get in this redundant routine of mediocrity without growth. It's just, you're content there. You never grow. You're just it's just this loop. We're always yeah. doing the same thing year after year after year. And it's like, fuck, you spent 52 weekends in a row binge watching the office and you did literally nothing with your life. It's like, what a waste. So start there. <laughs> Find out who you are, what you want and go do it. Yeah. I, I really like that point. That's something that um, I have been able to realize myself kind of in a brutal fashion. Like you said, when you give yourself that opportunity to hear yourself, whether it be literally just going on a 10 minute walk going fishing, going shooting, whatever your hobbies are, you, you hear that voice in the back of your head and you're, there's going to be a chance where if you're somebody who has aspirations, who has goals, that it may be a little uncomfortable. You may be out there on your walk thinking, damn, I need to get back to start working on my damn business. What am I doing on this walk? But at least you gave yourself that opportunity um, to be, to be real with yourself. It's, it's so easy to get lost in all of these um, distractions nowadays. And, um, I think that so many men, they think that, that, that little 10 minute walk is almost trivial. Um, but it could be the only moment that you have in your day with all of your priorities where you can actually have a real conversation with yourself. But when I go on podcasts or when I, when I host them, it's always interesting to me, the people that are on the other side of the screen, because I know there are a lot of people who can't have conversations. You know, yeah. they, they, they could not do what we're doing right now. They would freeze or they would run out of things to talk about because they're not that passionate or they second guess themselves. And they're always thinking about what they're going to say and never allow themselves to just say it, you know, and to that point on going on that walk and actually hearing yourself 
the same holds true. They don't even know how to listen to themselves. They don't know, like, I would think, and this uh, probably my experience maybe a few years ago when I was like really like grinding and like burning myself out, I would, it would be deafening to not have anything. Like to not have my phone and not have my laptop and just be in the shed, I'd be like, oh my God, <laughs> I need to be doing yeah. something. And I forgot how to relax. I forgot how to breathe, namaste, to get away. You know, and this is cool. I love what we're doing. You know, I love my business. I love what it is I'm doing. But this is a part of my life. It's not the entire point of it. Yeah. And I need to keep that in focus. You know, there's other things I want to do. And I need to give myself permission to not do this 24-7, but to go and do those things as well. Yeah, I think that's really interesting that you said. I think something that comes to mind is I remember uh, just a few years ago, uh, I would have my phone out on the desk. Maybe I'm trying to do some work and I would just hear it buzz or vibrate. And I would just have all these anxious thoughts over my brain. Like it, it was controlling my mind. Like I had to check out what that notification was. My mind would go crazy. Oh, is it this girl texting me? Oh, is it um, some new news political thing going on that I need to know about? And it was just controlling me. And it wasn't until I was able to turn my phone on, do not disturb. And I keep it there every single day now, all day, that it's, it's freed myself to actually be present live in the moment and do what I'm actually doing instead of being so occupied and so controlled by my phone, by the screens, by the outside world. And I'm actually focused on me and I'm living in the present moment. Um, I don't know how that even came to mind, but I just wanted to share that. <laughs> it's good to just riff sometimes. Yeah, man. Um, one thing that we also wanted to touch on uh, that we found really interesting um, was the situation of you almost losing your wife and son. Um, that sounds like a scary situation to anyone. Um, but I know we, we know a little bit about how that went down. Is that something that, uh, you'd be down to share that experience with us? Yeah. So it was just my son and yeah, I, I will, but that sucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was 2019 summertime, whatever. And we were fishing, we were fishing on these big rocks. Cool. Everything was kosher. And I told my son, Hey bud, don't, so it was the tide was going out a little bit. So the waves were wild, you know, when it comes in and comes out, it gets a little nuts. So I'm like, dude, it's yeah. like, don't go that way. Tide's going out. So it exposed some of the rocks that were underwater. And you know, that black, like algae. Yeah. That mm -hmm. stuff is like glass. It's like if being on the ice rink, I'm like, don't, don't step anywhere near this. Well, my son is a champion. <laughs> I turn around talking to my daughter. He goes to cast far. And my wife said he went to take like a running lunge to throw uh, his line further. He stepped yeah. right on the stuff, dude. And he just disappeared. Like he stepped and he shot down. It was like 20 feet down this whole rock. He slid the whole way. I turn around, my kid's gone. I look down and I just see his face and then a wave takes him over and my fucking kid disappears. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> yeah. I didn't think nothing, nothing went through my head at that point, except get to him. Hmm. And then from there, I just pretty much threw my body down that thing and the waves are still smashing back and forth. I don't, this could have happened in five seconds, but to me, it felt like an hour and a half. So I'm flying down these rocks, you know, and he, he's trying to find himself, but every time he can get close to the rock, it sucks him away. Water's going over him. I'm like, what the fuck? I go, I jump in, I swim to him. I grab him. We're both getting slammed by the waves at this point. And th there's a moment, you know, where you're like, this is really bad. And my brain went there. I was like, this is not good. This is like super, super bad. And we're both outside of, there's no safe space right now to get to. Mm -hmm. So I've got him up. Fortunately in the military, I, I got my first class swimmer. So I remembered a few things, you know, I hadn't done it in a while, but I, I got him up. I was able to keep him above the water, but keeping him up with the waves was pushing me down. So yeah. I'm just like, dude, if, if he's got to get out of here, you know? Mm -hmm. So we get, and I reached the rocks, got him. The waves are crushing us against the rocks, but I'm like, my two fingers are on one section of the ledge. And I remember I had to like muscle him up to get to the dry spot. But if my hand slipped, like we were both gone. And dude, in that moment, it sounds crazy. But I, I, the thought went through my head. I'm like, either both of us are getting out of this. He's getting out of this or neither of us are getting out of this. And in that moment, I, dude, I pushed as hard as I could more fear, but I think the adrenaline was flowing in my heart than I've ever felt in my life. And he got up and he's grabbed and he's just kind of like on these rocks hanging. I'm like, thank you, God. 
yeah <laughs> not like like it was like we're, we were we weren't safe but like my biggest fears were out he's breathing and he's above the water now i've got to figure my way so i i kind of shimmied myself to a in between this this little crevice i'm kind of holding him up and then we start climbing and i remember telling him i'm so proud of him <laughs> like even just retelling this i'm like you got to put your hand here bud and you have to put your hand there and when i say go you have to push as hard as you can on my foot i mean on my hand with your foot so basically I'm like, all right, one, two, three. And I, I pushed him. He grabbed those spots. They were dry. He was able to get himself up and boom, he's good. And then I, I figured my way out, you know, whatever. My wife's crying. Like she's like straight up me and my, my boy are disappearing in the water. She's yeah. just like, she's holding my daughter. They're freaking out. There's nobody near us. So we get to the top and dude, I was just, I didn't yell at him. You know, my wife ran over the towel, grabbed him. She's crying, hugging him. He's okay. And all I said was, dude, I was like, I'm so proud of you. I was like, you listened to exactly what I said. You know, it was, it was in that moment, you did everything perfectly. And it, it was there. I realized a lot of fathers, a lot of men in that moment would have been so mad about what had happened, but all the work I did up to that point, just working on myself as a father, working on our relationship, I realized an accident happened and accidents happened. You know, they, they, that's, that's life, but we practiced this. I've mm -hmm. talked to him a thousand times. If things go south, you really got to listen to me. You know, yeah. when I lift, when I work out mentally, when I play that what if game, like what if there's a fire in this building? What if there's a flood happens? What if there's a riot at the city we're in? You know, I play this yeah. little game, so I'm ready. And in that moment, like we're both up there. I'm like, we did it. I mean, like we just yeah. faced a serious challenge and we both did the things that we've been training to do, you know, and he's just, he was totally cool about it. Like he was shaking. My wife was like, oh, are you, were you scared? He's like, no. And I looked over, I'm like, dude, he's like, like the adrenaline was flowing through him. He was terrified, but I didn't say anything. Let him keep his respect. But yeah. I was like, but like, I was like, you did really well, man. And like, I'm super proud of you. And he's like, cool. I'm going to tell my friends that my dad saved my life. I'm like, let's, let's not like showboat this yet. Like too soon, buddy. Like my heart's still pounding. My hands are still shaking. Like, but it was, yeah. dude, in that moment, I realized it was also absolutely necessary that I continue to champion that voice for other men. Because what if I hadn't been working out? What if I have never mentally had that strength? You know, like I just went and you could say some military training there. Sure. You know, you have to act and not just react. But in that moment, if I could not physically grab him and pull him up, we're dead. If at any point I didn't have the mental resolve to say, I'm getting my fucking son. I, he could have been swept from me. And would I have saved myself? I don't, that doesn't sit right with me at all. I I would never be able to live with myself if I pulled myself out and he was swept away and died. And yeah. just, dude, just saying that makes me sick to my stomach. It's my son. Yeah. But it's important people hear this, that it's not funny. It's not a game where you say, oh, when your number's called, you've got to save the day. Like, it's not just, oh, we're going to fight the zombies. Mm -hmm. This is some real world shit. Things happen. And it's not always the zombies. It's not always yeah. some riot or some foreign country invading. Maybe it's a fire because you left a heater on. You know, maybe it's you're fishing with your freaking kids and one just slips into a freaking river. You know, you have to be physically and mentally capable to see yourself into and out of that situation. And it it really breaks my heart to think of the families that have been fractured or suffer preventable pain because going to the gym was too much of a, a hassle. Because, yeah. you know, dialing that in and doing something besides watching Netflix, you know, took too much work that they weren't ready to do. Because when I lift that, like, obviously that's fresh. That's always mm -hmm. in my head. That's I'm like, just in case, you know, I need strong legs. Yeah. I need a strong back, strong arms, a strong mind. You know, it's, there's more to it than just looking good naked. You know, there's more yeah. to it than the zombies. You know, there's some real world applications and honest, I would not have my son if it weren't for both him and I, you know, having that grit and having trained that prior to some shitty things happening. Yeah. Dude, that, that, that's insane. And that is so close to home when you, are hammering that point of, I would hate to see, or it breaks my heart when you do see a family that is suffering through preventable pain because going to the gym for whoever may have been responsible or able to prevent the situation, couldn't find it within them to go to the gym or it was too much of a hassle or they're too lazy. And I learned this lesson really early on in my life um, not in an emergency situation per se, but just as a kid growing up where I constantly saw my dad going to the hospital 
because of complications with diabetes. I literally thought that like going to visit your dad in the hospital once or twice a year was just normal adult health care um, when I was a kid, right? Wondering if he's going to come back home. I thought that was completely normal. Um, and when I was 17 years old and I kind of started to get a grasp on things, I remember telling myself, I am never putting my future kids through this pain. So that's when I started to find that motivation to actually go work out. But that is always something in the back of my head when I eat the healthy meal, when I don't feel like it, when I go to the gym, when I'm tired as fuck, when I'm burnt out, I'm always having that in the back of my head. I would never want, or I would kill myself. I would beat myself up for life. If my family had to go through that pain because going to the gym was too much of a hassle or because that Oreo, that extra slice piece had just looked too good and I couldn't control myself. So that, that's a lesson that I think so many men wait too long to learn. And it's not something that you have to go through a crazy situation like your son being swept away uh, to learn. Um, it's something that you can realize right now and prevent, have, prevent that suffering for yourself or people you love before it even needs to happen. You know, there's, there's a stoic art of negative visualizations where you, you sit and you mentally, like you guys know the placebo effect is real. And when, when, when that happens, it shows you like your, your mind is powerful. If it can heal itself because it thinks it's supposed to, it's a yeah. powerhouse. So with that stoic practice of the negative visualization, visualizing the bad thing, you know, you can do it all in your head and allow yourself to really feel it. And then you can sort of train muscle memory without actually doing the thing, you know, and these guys, like you said, it doesn't have to be, well, the emergency situation pops up or, or still, you know, like I said, there's a fire, there's a flood. You got to act like you can do it in your head well before it ever happens. Yeah. You know, but that gym, the, the time in the gym, the time under the weight, you know, the time with the bar on your back, you can't visualize that. You have to act yeah. that you have to experience that. Those are real muscles. You're going to grow. And while you yeah. might be able to, to act, there are dudes who are telling me that they're prepping for, you know, what's to come with the, 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 the collapse of the United States. And I'm like, dude, you'll throw your back out by sneezing. Like you, yeah. you're, you're so overweight. You don't work out. You don't run. You have no cardio. Like you, you smoke cigarettes, you drink beer, but you have a thousand, 10,000 rounds of ammo. Like the fuck do you yeah. think you're going to do, man? Like you're, you're going to die of a heart attack from stress. That's what you're going to do. If, yeah. we're, if we're being real here. <laughs> And it's almost like perceived pain controls our whole life. All the decisions that we make is based off the perceived pain of one activity over another. You know, it comes back to that simple situation of going to the gym or not. Is that pain of working out, lifting weights too painful uh, rather than your other perceived pain of maybe just sitting on the couch? But some people see it a different way of, oh, if I just go to the gym today, I won't see that pain later on of losing a family member in an accident. And like you said, accidents happen. So it all comes down to what perceived pain that we're thinking about, we're visualizing in our head that really determine our choices on a daily basis. Well, and how many of those perceptions of pain are grounded in reality? You know, there, there's the, a sense of physiological pain. I'm going to be sore yeah. and hurt. But what about psychological pain? You know, how many people... Well, if I do this, they're going to call me stupid. Or if I try to start a business, they're going to say that I'm dumb and I, 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 who am I to start a business? And they never do it because psychologically, they're like, oh, the pain of being judged by my peers. Like, I don't know if you guys know this. I started writing under a pen name because I thought, you know, if I'm writing about masculinity in a very PC society, they're going to come after me and fire me and I've got a family to feed. And then when COVID hit, I was like, fuck that. Like, we need connection now more than ever. So out of nowhere, I was like, I'm not Hunter Drew. My name's Zachary Small. You know, rah, rah, rah. guess what happened? Absolutely nothing. The whole perception of what was going to happen and people are going to dox me and they're going to go to my family yeah. and they're going to try to fire me, whatever, you know, nothing. Nobody cared. And I'm like, man, in my head, I was good. You know, in my head, all these things are going to happen and that's not what happened. And it's crazy to me to think of how much, you know, I lost by just thinking bad things are going to happen when I could have just done them and figured it out. If you want to start the business, go start the business. If you want to go out and build the brand, go build the brand. Like, don't let anybody stop you, but definitely don't let any fake monsters or fake obstacles get in your way. They're not real. Go experience it and figure it out. If they call you stupid and say, fuck you. I'm going to do it in spite of you now. You're, you're, you're going into my, my gas tank of reasons why I have to win. 
I didn't even want to win before, yeah. but because you said I couldn't, now I have to go do it just to prove you wrong. Yeah, stop using that that fear in your in your mind as what stop you. Use your life experiences. Go test out your theory in your head of, oh, if I do this, people are going to laugh at me. No, you don't know that. Go do it. Go do it and see what happens. So, so many people are controlled by these fear, the, the pain, the perceived pain in their mind that they're not even willing to test out their theory, their hypothesis of what's going to happen if they build the business, if they go against the grain, if they have a different opinion. They're so scared of the fear in their mind that's not even real because they've never tested it. It blows my mind. Well, they'll see you two. They'll say, oh, Jack, Gabe, you guys, you guys do a podcast. You know, that's just, you're, that's natural for you. That's comfortable for you. What? <laughs> you guys put yourself out there. You put your face in the line. You have no idea what I'm going to say. I have no idea what you're going to say. We're sitting here doing this dance of a conversation, but you have to be able to adapt. You have got to be able to respond intelligently. You have to control your emotions in the, in the situation. You've got to articulate your message well for the audience. That's not natural for anybody. <laughs> like that takes right. work. It takes grit. But because you guys are doing it, they're going to they're gonna write off your efforts as, oh, it's just easy for you because right. that justifies them not doing it. Oh, uh, it's harder for me because of X. Get rid of the excuses. Just go and do the thing you want to do. Like you have permission. Like if anybody waiting for permission to do something, there it is. You have my permission yeah. to go out and do whatever you want to do, even if it's uncomfortable. But I promise you, the people who are successful aren't successful because it's easy. They're successful because they, they didn't quit. They didn't right. stop working at it. Yeah. Yeah. That jumps out at me. Um, and I've been just kind of going through these examples in my head with every lesson we've been talking about. Um, this is kind of just the nerd side of my brain that likes to connect every little thing back to like fitness, um, and how the body works. But I remember when I first posted my video of my 600 pound deadlift, people were commenting like, Oh, Gabe, you are built to deadlift. Oh, natural deadlifter, like amazing deadlift. I'm like, what the fuck? You, you didn't see me fucking staring at myself in the mirror. And I was 17 years old, uh, struggling with two plates on the bar. Dude's coming up to me like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? You're going to throw out your back. And so many people find it easier to say he is who he is now. So that's why it was easy for him to get there. And it's like, no, if you want to be anything, whether it's fitness, if you want to be the lean guy, the jacked guy, if you want to be the strong guy, the rich guy, the confident guy, you have to start taking actions that make you that person. Like I, I always put this in the perspective of if you want to be the guy with the six pack, you have to eat like the guy with the six pack. If you want to be the guy who has a profitable business, your day needs to look like the guy who has a profitable business. You actually have to take actions that create the person that you want to be. I like the way you, you phrase that too, because you've got to take those actions before you're it. You've got to right. eat like the guy with the six pack before you're the guy with the six pack. You got to, exactly. you got to lift like the guy with the 600 pound deadlift before you're the guy, you know, that again, with that cart going before the horse society, not even accepts society promotes the opposite. And that's why mm -hmm. we see this plague. But I mean, that's why it's so important. You're doing what you're doing. You know, you're reminding people, Oh shit, you know, maybe I should get off my entitlement horse and get on my workhorse. It's time to go do some work and stop thinking magic is going to show up. Yeah. It's important that people understand that, you know, we sucked at everything at first. We were weak when we walked in the gym. We were terrible on camera speaking the first time that we were, we, we sucked. We were terrible at it. I believe it was Gary Vaynerchuk who said you had to be willing to suck to be great. Uh, and you could go look at, you know, anyone's, you know, first posts um, on Twitter, on YouTube. I'm sure your first articles that you wrote or whatever you did first wasn't that good. And you just had to put no in the reps. <laughs> like you I watched half of them. I'm like, what was I on? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just have to put in the reps and the reps and the reps. And you get 1% better every single rep that you put in. But people don't realize that they only see the finished product. And they don't understand where you were and what you had to do to get to the actual outcome. I think that's why it's important, though, that we share it. You know, yeah. people, dude, when I shared the story about my upbringing, it like people were floored. Cause they're like, oh, you've got this nice family. And you, you know, you got your business going. I'm like, that doesn't mean shit. <laughs> That's what I'm doing now. That doesn't mean I yeah. came from a silver spoon, you know, solid foundation. I came from like a fucking nightmare and I built this out of seeing what not to do. Mm -hmm. You know, you were saying, you know, visiting your father and, and what he was going through. 
you know, there are a lot of things from my dad that I saw, like, this is what you should do. But I mm -hmm. saw a lot of this is what you should not do. Right. And then I see that in a lot of other men that I work with. I'm like, oh, like that dude, he's crushing it with his imagery. I'm going to try to get my images to not be the same, but be my version of that. And then I see somebody who's, I'm like, dude, that's garbage. Like, I'm going to never do that. That did not work for him. You know, when you yeah. just take these lessons, you apply them to yourself, but you can't like, there, there's no way you could sit there and, and honestly think that it's all going to just magically come together. Like, again, mm -hmm. this goes back to the whole point of action. You know, it, you're going to suck. You're going to suck bad. Learn what works and stick with it. Disregard the things that don't work, but you have to go and try them to find out whether it's going to work or not. And you'll never yeah. know if you're just guessing. Yeah, I think the problem a lot of people face is they also expect to learn those lessons handedly. They expect one of their friends to have a real conversation with them. They expect their dad to call them and say, hey, get your damn life together, kid. They expect to go through an emergency situation that's going to teach them these lessons. But so many guys forget that you actually have to act. Like if you find yourself in that situation where you know you need to start learning lessons and start applying yourself, then you, the responsibility is on you to take that first step. And nobody is going to do it for you. Nobody's going to reach out their hand to pull you up and be your mentor or be your coach. You actually have to seek out those lessons um, if you want them to be something you can apply in the first place. Well, it's the way of the world. And it's a good old school lesson to, again, remind people. You know, I think that, that was very well said. And I think people should go out and they should, nobody's going to come to you. If you want to learn it, yeah. you got to go to them. You got to put yourself out there. You got to be willing for somebody to completely blow you off. You also have to be willing for somebody to completely like, oh yeah, come on. Here's, here's my free advice that could change your life. Take it and run with it. But if you don't mm -hmm. run with it, they'll never talk to you again. Yeah. So Zach, let's close it off. What is the best piece of advice that you would give to someone listening right now who feels like they're stuck or if they're in a dark place or they just feel like a fraud overall? The motto to the family alpha is acta non verba. That is Latin for deeds, not words. It's easy to say you want to be a better father. You want to be a better husband. You want to be a better person. Maybe, maybe you're a female alcoholic and you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I'm just drinking and partying. I'm a party girl. And that's all I've done with my life. Okay. You're right. Like those are your words. You can say you want better all day. What are you willing to do though? If you're, you're a, it doesn't matter, dude, chick, what are you willing to do to change your life? If the answer is nothing, stay where you are and stop talking. It's never going to change. And, and everybody's tired of hearing it, especially mm. yourself. But you don't know that because you don't take the time to hear yourself. But yourself, your soul is tired of hearing your brain say, we need to do better. We need to do better. And then you go out and you eat the pizza and you drink the beer. And the next morning, we need to do better. You know, we're not going to get drunk or high tonight. We're not going to eat too much tonight. Then you go and you do it again. You don't trust you. You're not going to change your life until you change your actions and behaviors. It's acting on verb. It's deeds, not words. Stop talking about how you deserve better and go earn better. There's so many outlets online, so many free resources, so many things that you could fill a Friday or weekend with that is positive, that'll get you somewhere. Why not make, you know, today's Thursday. Why not make Friday, Saturday, Sunday a sober weekend where you're sitting there and you're actually watching some videos that educate you. You're going outside where you can get some sun in your fucking face and you can go and have a good time and feel better about who you are as a human being. But stop talking. You know, my number one piece of advice is to start doing something with your life. The time is passing and you're not going to get it back. You heard it here first. Stop talking and start doing. So Zach, where can the people find you? I'm sure they're wondering now they want to learn more from you. They want to maybe get coached from you. So where would be the best place for them to go? So I, my writing is thefamilyalpha.com. My social media is at Zach Small, Z-A-C-S-M-A-L-L -L underscore. And the biggest thing I have going right now is the Men of March, which is the 31-day community campaign, which starts in a week. So if you listen to this and you're, you're hot and you're ready to go, you got five days. Love it. Thank you so much for being on the show, man. This was an honor to have you on. And it was an incredible conversation, as always. No, I appreciate both of your time. I understand time is currency, time is money, and time is our most valuable asset. And for the two of you to give me this platform to speak on, I, I appreciate it more than you know. Yeah, man, we reciprocate that 100%. Um, thank you for sharing those lessons with us, with our audience. Um, and if you guys are hot and ready, like Zach said, hit him up on the social medias. Look at his website because that program closes in five days. Thank you so much again for your time, man. 
that was Zach Small. Um, if you guys aren't feeling some extra hairs popping out of the chest right now, then I suggest you go back and listen to that. Um, I think it was super powerful how he talked about surrounding yourself with people who are unafraid to just tell you straight up. You know, we live in a world that not only accepts mediocre bullshit, but almost seems to promote it. And when you can find somebody or find an outlet um, that is completely upfront and honest with you and tells you that you have the holes in your boat and that's why you're sinking, um, it can be a a real opportunity uh, for you to turn everything around. That is a true superpower in this world. You know what? You know where you can start that right now? It changes with the people that you follow on social media, with the people that you plug into your ears. So go ahead and do that right now. Uh, We'll have Zach's links below um, as well as ours. So you can find us on Twitter is our main platform. Um, And if you're looking for extra help with body transformation, um, go ahead feel free to message us the word transformation and we'll help you out there. But thank you so much for listening. If you like to go ahead and give it five stars or four stars or three or two or one, I don't really care, but you have an amazing rest of your day and we'll talk soon. Thank you.